Swag Champs on three. One, two, three. Swag Champs. From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Penny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. Ah, oh, Swag Champs on three. One, two, three. Swag Champs. Our new, that's our new thing here at the Big and Pod. At least for the next week. On January 30, 2015, Ken Ducey, Matt Rosenfeld, Kevin Kelly on the ones and twos. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, man? You're, not, you're still not on Twitter. I'm still not that's on fine. Twitter. And I'm, I don't I'm like, good I like it. it. I'm on Cyberdust now. Add yeah, me on Cyberdust. Plus, Kenny Ducey. I'm also at Kenny Ducey on Twitter. That's at Matt underscore Rosenfeld. Why do you squint? The Cyberdust thing weirds me out. Oh, Cyberdust, man. I'm hype. All about that Mark Cuban. I'm hype. Me out. I'm hype for this show. We got Mike Prada of SB Nation at Mike Prada SPN. Um, we have Boogie Cousins in the All Star Game. Congrats for, for congrats for Boogie. for Boogie. Seriously, Claps for Boogie. good for you, We're Boogie. All you earned it. Clay Thompson scored 37 points in a quarter since the last time we did this pod. 13 like, for 13. A, a week and a few days ago. I haven't hit 13 Wednesday. anything in a row in my life. <laughs> Never done something 13 times in a row. I might have hit the remote clicker. Like yeah, yeah, that's actually that's a good about one. it. Maybe. Channel yeah. up thirteen, maybe scoop thirteen, and even then, like that's it. Like that, like 30, 13, That was it. Like maybe I, my finger gets tired. Thirteen scoops of Nutella out of the thing with a spoon. That's about yeah, it. Maybe. Yeah, or like stirred my coffee thirteen. But again, like that's that's taxing. It's hard. For your wrists, yeah, you know, like, it's tough. Just imagine yeah, making thirteen. Break in the middle. Yeah, thirteen NBA shots in a row. That's just. Oof. All right, I gotta ask, Kev. You wore the Jazz sweatshirt. You love the Jazz. I do. I don't watch the Jazz ever. How are the oh, Jazz? Uh, oh, I do. Um, Who do you go bear? Sometimes, unfortunately, uh, yeah, the go bear for he's the bright, the go bear. I like that. Um, That's not mine. It's we, we made it up at summer league when he started. He was flexing uh, at summer league. Yeah, at summer league he's great, and I expected him to be good this year. The real problem is so obviously there's no room for him, right? Yeah, there's there's not a lot of room. I think Cantor's probably gone at the end of this year. I don't think the yeah, Jazz want to so. pay him because somebody's going to offer him way too much. Um, but yeah, so then Exum moves into the starting lineup instead of Burke. And I think all along this is why I thought the role that Burke should have. I, I thought he should be coming off the bench as that sixth man because that's a role he can excel in. He's been scoring a lot of points. He's been playing well. Exum has not been playing up to what Do love I Trey had Burke. hoped. Yeah, I I love Trey Burke too. Exum, I was hoping, would really take over and, and play very well. He had a great first game in a starting role, scored 15, played very nice, was good at distributing. Now I'm just not doing as well. I think Gordon Hayward, we talked about this last we time. We talked about it last week. All-star. Yeah. 64 I, I would have thought he'd be an all-star, but I'm biased, so I, I try not to bring it up because I figure it just looks like I have a biased opinion. can't well, believe you're a Jazz fan. so weird. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I just – there's so many guys that you can you can say, like, oh, well, you know, they got snubbed, and um, we'll talk Yeah, to that's them. the thing. I mean, and, we, and Mike talked about this. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But, I mean, just looking at his article alone, like, he has, like, guys who didn't even uh, have room to talk about. Like, Dirk, Dwight. Conley. Vucevic. Right. Monta, or Monte. Draymond Green. Like, dude, all guys yeah. who are very deserving. Those are good guys, but, like, like I, the West is just, like, there's, like, 25 guys. Right. Like, what well, are you going to do? Well, the, and Dame's the hot, the hot Dame topic right now. should be the hot topic. And I, I do, I agree with that. I think he's the one who should be in. I still have a problem with that, and but who, I know over who though it's, over it's who Durant, though? and that that's just over the other argument where it's about whether it's about past achievement or whether it's like how many games he's played this year. I mean, I guess over Boogie, but I'm so happy about Boogie. Boogie, being I'm in. I'm psyched about Boogie. He I was, think they both Dame though, guys. 
Dame yeah, over Kevin Durant. But, oh, come on. Damian Lillard? That's the one thing is it's like Dame is, if, is like if I went over to some, KD maybe. If I went yeah. to someone. You're, you're way too close to the mic right now. Oh, whatever. You're overpowering I, my ears. If I went to someone and was like start naming stars in the NBA, they would name Damian Lillard before they would Cousins. And they're both having great years. So there I am. That's where I stand. You do make a valid point there. I mean. They would. Boogie's nice, but he's but not. Yeah, everybody's going to think about last year in the playoffs and Lillard was amazing. And that shot, Cousins might he, never have a moment that, that big in his career. Yeah, unfortunately, and I think if he had a better team around him, if he wasn't in such a toxic situation, he'd have an opportunity. I'm just glad he gets to play in the All Star game. He didn't get arrested in the last five years, so <laughs> that's always a plus. Yeah, good for him. Um, I just Dame is like you, I don't. You can't put him in over Clay, and again, I think it, you borderline can. But I would the person I'd put him in over is Kevin Durant. Well, that's an argument for a, that's just a its own argument because. Well, yeah, he didn't play a lot of games, but he's still Kevin Durant. He's still right. the reigning It's hard MVP. to not put the MVP from the year before in the All-Star game. But Russ even you But I mean, look, I mean, Duncan, I, I would have he's Russ like over Duncan, KD as well. Duncan, I I think deserves never it. Hate on that. Yeah. LaMarcus. Yeah, Duncan, everybody was mad because they thought just because this is the last season, that's why people are putting him in. He's actually had a great year. No, yeah. Shout out to him, Duncan. He's awesome. How about CP3? That one was wild. <sighs> You can go down. I, it's debatable. He's he's been pretty great. I mean, I think the Clippers had to have representation. The, and the thing far. about CP3 is he'll you'll never appreciate how good he is. Yeah. You never will. I agree with that. Like and Lillard, you can see it until he like wins a title. I mean, it's until the, the no, Clippers. Even, I'll say even until he makes a finals and you just see him. Makes everyone the finals. See him for seven or right. five, seven. Because even last or what was it? Two years ago when they got bounced. Um, I think in the first round. But he had he had like a game winning layup. Remember that? I can't I, exactly remember. What, but like even back in the days when he was in New Orleans, like he was carrying them to like eight, seven game series with like good Lakers teams. He's just he's a level above like the Dames and the the Clay Thompsons and the Currys. And even when he's not putting up those like crazy gaudy numbers, he's doing all those things. So you got to I respect CPB in the game. All right, CPB. How you just said? CP being in the game. Oh, okay, okay. James Harden, Clay Thompson, Ross uh, Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Tim Duncan make the reserves for the West. Uh, it's Teague, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, and Chris Bosh um, in the East. And to talk more about that, Mike Prada of SB Nation at Mike Prada SBN uh, on Twitter uh, just co-wrote an All Star Snubs article recently. Here to talk a little bit about uh, the All Star teams and some some first half uh, analysis. Mike, uh, how you doing on this Friday? I'm doing okay. Uh, a little better now that uh, one injustice has been <laughs> has been solved with uh, Demarcus Kobe Bryant. Still one more to go. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to start right there uh, w- with some of the snubs. And uh, before we get to Boogie, I think the biggest uh, issue that people had with the All-Star Reserves that were announced, issue. Yeah, was Damian Lillard not making it. And now people just kind of look at him and they say, oh, well, um, he, he's an All-Star caliber player. But, I, I mean, when you look at some of the guys who were making the team over him, I don't know if you can really have that much of a problem. Maybe over Kevin Durant, but that's about it, really. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, it's like kind of unfair, you know. It's almost like there are 20 All-Stars in the West and like six in the East, and then, you know, somehow they have to be split up 12 and 12, you know, when there's, because we have to have a game between conferences, even though there's nothing on the line with the conferences. Uh, and other sports do, uh, you know, like just 24, and then they pick teams. So, yeah, it is tough. But I think it's telling that this one, 
when we thought about our snubs, we basically wrote a bunch in advance, thinking like, okay, these are the borderline guys, and we want to get something out pretty quick, and we, you know, there's no reason to wait until after the fact. So we wrote about like nine or ten like borderline guys, some of whom did make it and some of whom didn't. Lillard was not one of those ten that we wrote. We kind of figured, you know, if they're going to leave anyone off, they leave Durant for not playing enough games. They leave Westbrook for not playing enough games. You know, maybe they leave to somehow leave Clay Thompson off. Who knows? But we didn't write Lillard in advance. So we were that sure he would make it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is true. Like, where if you're going to take – do you think Kevin Durant, like, doesn't deserve to be an all-star? I mean, he's Kevin Durant. He hasn't played a lot this year, but he's Kevin Durant. Uh, and then when Clay Thompson dropped 57, I think that kind of removed all doubt about his uh, legitimacy. Or not 57, 37 a quarter. So, um, yeah, you're right. It is kind of tough. That's unfortunately the nature of the game. Uh, you have to have 12 in each conference, even though there are, like, way more that are deserving in one than the other. Mike, I find that there's really two train of thoughts when it comes to All-Stars. There's the writer-media-type thought where we think of it as who is the most deserving halfway through and then there is more of the fan perspective where it's like I want Kevin Durant I want Kobe Bryant the people that get voted in do you think there's a little merit to the fact that people would rather see Kevin Durant on the court than Damian Lillard and people would rather see Tim Duncan than they would Mike Conley is there any you know merit to let's just see the stars out there it's the all-star game yeah, I don't necessarily agree with your specific examples. Uh, I'm not sure that Tim Duncan has like got the game of an all-star uh, kind of for an exhibition. Yeah, no, I... But I, you know, I agree. I, it, it's difficult because yes, it is an exhibition. If you think of it as just like one game that is on TV on a Sunday night uh, when there are no other games at the culmination of like a fun weekend where we can kind of pause this long grind and just enjoy ourselves, then I see that point and how it's really just about having the most entertaining players. Um, but at the, you know, on the other hand, when it comes to the end of these guys' careers, when they're up for the Hall of Fame, one of the things that people use to differentiate them is, well, he's made the All-Star team nine times. And if we're selecting All-Stars in part based on who we want to see in an exhibition, then you're going to get guys that have more All-Star appearances than they probably deserved. And, or even guys who have fewer all-star appearances than they probably deserve. And that, in play, that that happens when you get to the Hall of Fame. It's like, how can you, you know, let's say for some reason that Cousins didn't make it and he makes maybe four all-star teams in his career. And then it comes to the Hall of Fame and we're not sure, like, is DeMarcus Cousins a Hall of Famer? Well, he only made four all-star teams, even though he probably deserves six. And that, that matters at the end of the day. So it's a tight balance. You know, I... I'm of the opinion that that it has to be one or the other. Either this is an exhibition and it doesn't mean anything for a player's legacy, or it means everything for a player's legacy, and we take the, and we make sure we're actually picking guys who are very deserving in that year. Now, Mike, uh, I think one of the guys that might be deserving is Demarcus Cousins. I'm not sure what, what you think, but I guess yeah. my question is, how much did America need Demarcus Cousins to make the All Star <laughs> team? Well, it's funny because I, I'm thinking of DeMarcus Cousins in an all-star game going back to, like, the entertainment value. And, like, he might do, like, a couple of those things that Shaq used to do when he'd take, get the ball to the top of the key and just dribble around and group off. But otherwise, like, he's not really, like, an all-star play, like, kind of exhibition-style player. Like, Damian Lillard would be a great all-star, like, in terms of actually being in the all-star game. I think he would be more entertaining than Cousins. But yet, it's just because I think it's because Cousins is kind of 
the misunderstood guy, and certainly a lot of folks in basketball internet kind of want to, you know, vouch for those misunderstood guys because of perceived kind of unfair treatment. And so I think that he's kind of become, in a lot of ways, a lot of people kind of, this is a really, really ridiculous term, so excuse me for using it in advance, our prodigal son. That's a ridiculous term, I know. Um, but, you know, he's kind of like the guy we, we like just because he's kind of disrespected. And he's funny. I mean, you saw what happened today. We're taping this on a Friday. You saw what happened today with um, the prediction that Clay Travis made that someone tweeted at him. Yeah, that was like, wild. I mean, that was, that was funny. And we like guys, I think a lot, I think it's nice to see guys who are people. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a matter. I think it's kind of that culture that amplified that that element of it, you know. And because I'm not sure like his game is totally there, like suited for an All Star game, whether he's deserving or not. Um, you know, the other thing is that I think last year a lot of people thought he should have made it then too, and you know, a lot of people feel bad for him because they were, you know, building a good thing and then they stupidly fired their head coach. And that's not really Cousins' fault. Uh, so, you know, I think when you add that all up, that's why he gets all that support. But, OG Boogie Smooth, I think, as you called it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I, I'm on. I feel so bad for Clay Travis. I was looking at some of his mentions today, and I wanted to just cry because it was so sad what people were saying to him. Yeah, what, yeah I don't feel bad. Carnage, carnage. <laughs> one of, one of my, my biggest snubs, and a guy who I just kind of love, I guess, just because when I like to play around, I like to shoot, Kyle Korver, you know, I guess you could name the entire Atlanta Hawks team to the to the team, but just there's something about how much Kyle Korver means to that team and how successful they are, and just his secret value. So, I guess why is it such a big deal that Kyle Korver's out of the game? What is his value to the Hawks, really? Well, I mean, he's their their offense is not their offense without him on the court. You know, he's just like he's like. He, he, he shoots like 50% from three, but teams think he shoots like a thousand percent from three, the way they guard him, the way they trust <laughs> him. So everybody else has a lot more room to operate. Um, it's funny, the case for Corver, you know, is I think built on a couple things. And I, I'm driving as much as anyone. I think he certainly deserves to be there. But when's the last time we looked at a guy like Corver and said, yeah, that guy's definitely got to be in the all star team? Storyakovich? Like Asia, I can't, uh, I can't. No, he's not even close. But like that's the next guy I could think of that was close to All Star caliber that played like that. Yeah, this guy's a great decoy. Let's put him in the All Star games. You know, like I can't remember <laughs> ever thinking that really about someone. Um, and I think it speaks to two things. I think it speaks to how little depth the East has. I mean, if he's in the West, he's nowhere close to being an All Star, even with all the great things he does. But I think the other thing is it speaks to how we look at the game differently now and how the game has changed. How it's much more about player and movement. How it's so much more about shooting. How it's much more about balance. I mean, we don't. The days of like the great twenty-point scorers are kind of dwindling at this point. Like there aren't that many of them. And it's because of the way that the game has evolved and our ability to process and understand what makes certain players valuable has evolved. I mean, I think it's almost in a lot of ways it's kind of uplifting or interesting or refreshing that he even got consideration at all. I mean, that this would not have happened 10 years ago. So he'll probably be there as ways replacement anyway. So I'm not too worried about corporate, but I think it's just more interesting how we look at him compared to how we looked at valuing players 10 years ago. It really says a lot.
No, I agree with you. I think that that's it's cool that like we've reached How the far point we've now come. where it's like okay, yeah, Kyle Corver. I mean, and also because you know the the story that was written about him, where he like lifted rocks at the bottom of the ocean. Like the guy's clearly worked <laughs> very hard to get to this point, so good for him. But um, yeah. to, to get consideration. But you know, I I wanted to stick with the Hawks, to stay topical for a sec because. They've won 31 of 33, I believe. And 17 straight. 17 straight. Um, it's, and, like, the Heat did this a couple of years ago, and people flipped out about the Heat. LeBron like, wow, factor. you know, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, it is a little LeBron factor, but it was, like, one of the greatest runs ever. And, I mean, like, when do we I, – I guess some people who are really immersed in the NBA, maybe like yourself, are, like, appreciating this. But, like, when does the, the mass of people who – watch the NBA start to appreciate what the Hawks are putting down right now. And when do they lose again? I, I think they appreciate it when uh, they win a championship, unfortunately. I think that's just kind of how it is. And, you know, the Heat already – was that – the 2016 winning streak was uh, the year after they won their first yeah. title, right? Or 27. Um, so there was almost like a legitimacy to it. Uh, the Hawks were a 38-win team last year, a 38-win team because they had injured – Thirty win team that almost won a first round series, sure, but you know they really have kind of come out of nowhere, and it takes people a long time to accept that uh, the best team in your conference or league is someone that was not really a relevant player uh, in the past. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, do you remember how how many times the uh, Mavericks were kind of counted out before they won their title? It's just kind of sometimes, unfortunately, you have to do it. You have to prove it before people can believe you can do it, which is so paradoxical and silly, but that's just how it is. Um, when they lose again, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Last year when Indiana was so good, I remember kind of trying to prep or kind of look into, like, working on something on how do you beat them kind of so that it could kind of be referenced in the playoffs if they kept their run up. And then they had, like, a stretch and really right around now, where they got beat by Phoenix a couple times, and they were pushed by uh, Sacramento. They just and I watched those games, and it was suddenly came to me like, ah, this is how you beat the Pacers, and then they collapsed, and you know for a lot of reasons. But that was kind of the, the harbinger of things to come, and a lot of teams use those strategies in the playoffs to you know to hurt them. I keep looking for that moment from Atlanta where I'm like, okay, that one team has the formula now. Everybody else has to figure out how to out a way to replicate it. I've yet to see that, and it's now late January. I've yet to see a team. You know, it, it, I watched the Wizards; they got blown out by them a few uh, weekends ago, and I thought through a lot of the second quarter, huh? They have some strategies that might work, and then they lost by thirty-one. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's tough to say when they kind of finally fall apart, you know, and lose. I mean, until they start to show some signs of. Maybe there's some vulnerability there. I, I don't see it. Mike, I'm, you're a DC guy. You're a Wizards guy, and for the East, I'm Team Washington. I think they're the, they're going to come out of the East this year. I think they got the best starting. Ooh. I think they got the best starting five possibly in the league. So, how can we convince Kenny to get on board <laughs> Team Washington and just throw away this Hawks? Throw away, you know, like the Bulls and the Cavs. Bulls, yeah. we'll, they'll get there next year. We're Team Wizards. How can we convince Kenny that they're going to get the job done <laughs> oh, in the playoffs? Man. Oh, man. Well, first I got to convince myself. Give me one second. Uh, all right. I'll put my hat on. I'm telling they you, just defense. put it on. They are the best defense in the East. That is step one. They are they are fantastic. And they're good in a way that will help them win in the playoffs. They clog driving lanes. They can switch assignments. You know, they have their best player is also their most active defender, uh, which is a huge key. So scoring on them is going to be 
really, really damn hard. Even the Hawks that beat them by with 120 that, that one time, they're not going to be able to duplicate that when the game slows down. That's one thing. The other thing is that they know who they are offensively. They have guys who can hit. You know, they shoot way too many of those long two-pointers. But in mm-hmm. the playoffs, sometimes you get to the point where those are the shots you can get, and they shoot those well. I mean, that's why it's one big reason to beat Chicago. And they have a deep front line. And, you know, if you subscribe to the theory that, you know, you need just a lot of big bodies and fouls and physical play in the playoffs or whatever, I mean, they've got a – they have Ned and Gortat. If they're healthy, that's a really good combination. They have Chris Humphreys, who's been really good for them. They're a great fit, really good signing. Oh. Uh, they have Kevin Serafin, who's starting to emerge. He can get you kind of six, eight points when you're in a drought and your second unit's on the floor. Uh, and they haven't really even used Drew Gooden and DeJuan Blair all year. So they have bodies. Um, but I'm really convinced myself here. I, I don't think that they're the best team in the East. I'm not sure they're the second best team in the East. Hmm, interesting there. Uh, I'm you still know, on Team Wizards. They you have... Can- they they have well I, I I do kind of weirdly like the Humphreys fit there and then they do have soul killer Paul Pierce who's just like a, he's an assassin <laughs> you know, you know he'll win one game in yeah. the playoffs a guy he's really yeah. beat up a lot uh, in the past is the Knicks Mike and I have uh, to ask you a Knicks question because don't bring us down Ken this is well this is a New York centric show um you know what are they doing right now like why are they winning games and I I think one argument that me and Matt were getting in before the show was about Lou Amundsen like he's a He's a solid like role. He could be a role player on on some teams. I think he's kind of a good like bench, like end of the bench guy on a competitor. Kenny's mad because he's playing well. No, I'm not mad because he's playing well. It's the fact that the Knicks are trying to lose games right now, and and they're going after guys that are already proven. Like, why aren't they going after unproven guys? And I guess in turn, like, why are they winning games? Like, why are they trying? to? Well, they are right. I mean, was Langston Galloway a Unproven, proven guy. No, no Langston Galloway, one hundred percent on board with it. Even Lance Thomas. It's right. it's more just Amundsen because like that's a that's a journeyman that you kind of know what you're getting, you know. Yeah, I mean, I gotta be completely honest. I have not watched a lot of the Knicks in the last I don't month. Me. It's hard <laughs> so, to. Um, you probably know a little bit more about this than me. Um, I don't know. I guess the argument for playing those guys is you're it's not like Lou Amundsen is gonna be the difference between you being a playoff team or not. Apparently bad with Lou Amundsen, you're gonna be bad without Lou Amundsen. At least with him, you you can tell your locker room, your young guys, you're playing the guys that are deserving right now. They're playing the guys who have done what they need to do to start. Look at what Lou Amundsen is doing. That's how you have to play in order to earn your minutes. And one could argue that leads to a better culture, that leads to Guys who are held accountable, all that stuff, you know. I, I guess I've seen this on the other the other side of this uh, in D.C., you know, when I was covering games more often down there. Back before they started to rebound, you know, they they kind of gave these young guys, McGee, Young, Flatch, these minutes, and they didn't really have anyone to kind of play off them. Like, if they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, they couldn't throw a guy in and say, okay, that's the guy you have to emulate. And I think it hurt their development. It hurt mm. the team's development. Eventually, they had to sunk, sell those guys off at some cost. They got like Nene was the guy they really got for Javel, which was very, they pulled a real rabbit out of their hat. But the other two guys, they paid Blash to go away and they traded Young for nothing. You know, I think that if they had the chance to do that over again, they would have had a little bit more of a foundation of guys who they could, again, play off the young guys, uh, you know, whether it's 
if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, play over them. Uh, if they are doing what they're supposed to do, mentor them and not be too upset about not playing. And that, I think, is what Lou Adams is supposed to be um, with the Knicks. And that's why I think they're trying to keep him around. You know, maybe they win two more games than they normally would, but that's not really going to dramatically change their lottery uh, situation anyway. So I don't think there's too much harm. I can accept that. I, I think that's a de- I think that's like a decent reason to have him around. Let's um, go, Lou. Yeah, maybe not. But uh, one, two quick ones before we, or maybe not the first ones, maybe not too quick. But before we get you out of here, um, one, you, you mentioned Clay Thompson's thirty-seven point quarter briefly while we were talking about All Stars, and you actually did a good uh, a good job of kind of breaking down every single shot that he took, which was one of my favorite things to do just while I was watching it. When I was like, oh my yeah. goodness, like that one was kind of easy, and that one was. Like when he hit the one through with three him. guys, that was, yeah, just that, crazy. Was, that was crazy. But yeah. um, so I, I guess with Clay, halfway through the season, almost like where is he uh, in the MVP discussion? And if oh, he's boy. and like <laughs> uh, and who is your MVP right now? Maybe. Um, I flip flop a lot in MVP right now. Um, at this very moment, I would probably pick James Harden to be MVP. Wow. Um, with Seth Curry a close second, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis close third. And Marcus Saul a close fourth. Um, well, I guess the LeBron is not pushing in the discussion too. Man, there's too many MVP candidates. <laughs> I don't know. We had Clay in our like in the bottom ten somewhere on their last MVP rankings that we do. So somewhere in that range, you know. The thing is, is like when he's not playing, they're still a pretty good offensive team, you know. And when Steph's not playing, they're getting better, but still not very good themselves. So I don't know. If that means they just have good backups at the two, they they probably do, or but they you know then they're able to compensate, or they just don't have a good fit behind to do what Curry does. But I think that hurts them a little bit. You know, his case, I mean, a little bit. You know, they don't they don't necessarily need that. They if they took if Clay Thompson like was suddenly replaced by Aaron Aflalo, they might lose a few more games. But if Steph Curry was just suddenly replaced with Patrick Beverly, I think they lose. They would. They would mm, probably like make the playoffs. That's a good. That's a good so I, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, he's having a great year. I, I don't mean to take anything away from him, but you know, he's as much. He's in the discussion. If you include like fifteen people in the discussion, I would say <laughs> that's fair. But, and let's not forget, Clay was on the trading block. I mean, trading block to MVP doesn't happen that often. All right, Mike. Let, sorry, sorry. Last thing before you get out of here, I want to know who's winning the slam dunk contest. Who do you got and why? And I want the three-point contest, too. No, that, no, 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 no. Dunk contest is more important. That's one of the best three-point fields I've seen. It is a good field, though. It is, but it's gonna, I think Clay wins the three-point contest. Um, I'll just say that. Uh, dunk contest, everybody's picking Zach Levine, and I think he should be the favorite. But I had this weird feeling that he's going to go up there, he's going to miss his first dunk, and he's going to be psyched out, and he's going to kind of ruin him. <laughs> he does kind of agree that kid. Like, like kind of like what happened with James White. I know... I know James White was old, and he's not the—he wasn't the dunker he was in his prime, his dunking prime when he was in the dunk contest. But I just kind of worry about that situation. Like he'll just go out there and he'll try something too cool, too crazy, and he'll start behind the eight ball, and then he'll like struggle. I'm picking uh, Giannis uh, to Giannis Kumbo to win uh, over Victor Oladipo, um, just because I think. This is all feeling kind of like sometimes when they, they do these dumb contest winners, especially when it's like a four person field, they'll favor, the judges will kind of favor the guy who's like on the rise. I mean, we saw this with Blake Griffin yeah. and Javel McGee. It's not always about the best dunker. 
Yeah. I feel like this is almost like when you combine the rookie sophomore game, which I'm sure he's going to dominate with uh, all the buzz that he's been taking. This feels like kind of a Giannis weekend. So I'm picking Giannis to win just for that reason. Um, I think Zach Levine should win, but I, I don't. I'm just worried that he's going to mess up early and something's going to happen and he's going to have a performance he'll forget, not be at his best. I could definitely get down with. I could see that. Happening. I get down with the Giannis weekend too. Giannis I, weekend. I, I don't know. I'm I'm saying don't sleep on Mason Plumlee. I think a lot of people are making I mean, fun of the fact that he's in a dunk contest. If we subscribe to the theory that the rising star gets a little help, Plumlee is right there. Yeah, he had the three ball the... dunk that one time. I don't know. Yeah, but who's more likely to dominate the rookie sophomore? Yeah, game? yeah. A seven foot guy. Oh no, no. I, I, I was talking about the dunk contest. No, I, I'm with you 100 percent that Giannis is just gonna. I mean, if Tim Hardaway Jr. can score like 26, like. Yeah, Giannis is going to go off. I'm just, I, I don't Probably know. Probably will have yeah. like 45 rebounds. No, I'm saying Plum's in the dunk contest. But anyway, um, all right. That's my... my problem with Plumley though. Like, if you're a big guy, I think you have to be like interesting, fun. This is like a really like crazy gimmicky. Like you Blake. You have to be Giselle. You have to be, I mean, I don't even consider Blake like a big guy in that sense. You have to be like Giselle. You have to be like Dwight Howard. Yeah, that makes you yeah. Have to be like very charismatic, and Mason Plumlee is probably a nice guy, but he doesn't strike me as the most charismatic guy. In the Duke world. educated. <laughs> That's a good assessment. Okay, that was fun. Uh, just like your um your twi- old twit pick. This is gonna be a lot of fun. That was fun. Um, at Mike Prod SBN, he's a SB Nation NBA editor. Uh, he just wrote something yesterday. Uh, co-wrote something with Jesus. Gomez about uh, the biggest all-star snubs. You can go check that out. Thanks so much for uh, some taking some time out of yeah. your Friday. And uh, thank you, thanks it, for having me. Hopefully, enjoy another Hawks win coming up. Big game yeah, tonight. Let's hope so. Hawks win and Lillard scores seventy. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll sign up. All right. Thanks again to Mike for hopping on with us. We kind of touched on the Knicks just briefly there. They're winning. That's not good. They now don't have the highest chance at getting the number third one highest pick. now, right? I think the I think Sixers and Timberwolves are both sec- out of them. Second. I think now, they're tied with the Sixers. Could yeah, they could, there could be a knot there. Well, either way, they won last night, but the other two teams also won the other night, so it was very interesting. I think it might have been the first time all year that's happened that the T Wolves, Sixers, and Knicks all won on the same night. Oh, weird. The but, thing about the Knicks is though they're not as bad as the Timberwolves and Sixers. Uh, I mean, they have mellow, so that's and they, they, strength, the Knicks you know. are that's, second. By the way, they have a okay nine have nineteen point nine percent chance of the number one pick. Well, I mean, if you're the Knicks, I don't think the team that's finished last has gotten the first pick in like five, six years. It's been it was, seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was I, Howard? Was that who? Was it was the Magic that year? So uh, yeah, I think so. If but, you're the Knicks, but you can't, you can't nah, know, aim. You can't be like, oh, we're gonna be the second best team or second worst team. Like you can't just aim for this, like the seconds. I mean, that's not how you do it. You, you know? don't that's, do it any. You don't do any of that. You don't aim to be the worst team, like, unless you're Hinky. Okay, what Hinky's doing is looks cool, and it's like this, you know, alternative style of managing basketball. But it hasn't worked yet, It'll so work. I'm sick of that. It'll work. Will it though? Yeah. We don't. You're trying to tell the future right now. You don't know that. I mean, I think it will. I, mo- I think everyone wants to think it will because it's so like out of the box and like this is crazy. He's got so many picks. He's. I mean, Nerlens is Nerlens is talented. Nerlens is very talented. And Embiid, MCW is like not like a star in the making, but he's but a good like, player. He's a solid point guard. And, and Embiid is still yet to be seen how good right. he's going. I mean, to be. and then they'll get someone else in this draft. All right. All I'm saying is he's putting a lot of pressure on his scouting and on his drafting, and I guess that's where you want it to be. But he better knock it out of the park. The one, the one thing I wanted to say about the Knicks was I don't hate Langston Galloway. 
I love love what he's if you listen if you don't listen to this podcast, which I mean that's probably for for the best. But um, I was once called a Langston Galway hater. No, I'm not. That was just I was out. That was outrageous. Was I outrageous. don't think you were ever a hater. No, never. I like what he brings to the table. I think he's he's going to be on the Knicks next a year. A good backup point guard. Like I think he's a solid backup point. Like, he's not um, like he's not like your your he's not your, two uh, your Jared point. Jack to your Steph Curry whatever what was it last year or two that was years last ago. Year in- Sam, not Sam. Right, like he's not like he's not like a stud like in the making backup point guard, but he's a solid guy to come off the bench and give you. He can be a part of a second unit. I don't want him being the guy I put in as my second point guard. You know, he I mean, won't, even even second when shooting the, guard. Remember when the Suns had that like three point guard thing going on with like like Bledsoe, Dragic, and I can't remember the last. I see. They, they still have that sort yeah. of going on. Okay, but, but Bledsoe plays a two now to start. Yeah, but that's sort of what I see Galloway is just one of those three guys getting some burn. We're talking a lot about Langston Galloway. You brought up Jared Jack. How about we talk about the Nets for uh, once? Yeah. You know? They're just depressing. It's, I know. it's Well, so are the Knicks, though. No, the Knicks, though, is They at like, least have something to look forward to yeah, every the, time the Nets. The way I describe, I describe the Nets to somebody, I forget the other day. I don't think it was you. It, was, not, it wasn't me. It was the Nets are oh, shaggy. The Nets are a car that is driving off a cliff, and you just can't stop it. You're just watching them drive, and you see the end of the cliff, and you're like, "Oh, I really hope they don't fall off." But they're they're going to, and it, like and making the playoffs off. this year would be like hitting the brakes, but like you're going way your too brakes fast are out. Yeah, yeah, it yeah your brakes matter. don't work. Well, this going is the outrageous thing. Every cliff. time they lose, they're giving the Hawks a better pick. Like they have the pick swap this yeah, year. Yeah, that is crazy. So the Hawks are going to be getting. A I was great looking at pick. that too. Some of the picks that the net the Nets don't have their pick for years yeah. to come. <laughs> We're talking till not the next decade. Like till I get a job. Like that's like no, no, no. You'll be <laughs> out of a job. The Hawks are and trending your up. Second job by the time the Nets pick in the first round. Yeah, that's why they're so they're so depressing. <laughs> the Nets could like very possibly have a pick from like twenty five to thirty this year because they're going to swap that pick with the Hawks. They don't really have anything to look forward to. No, that's why it's the right, car we've been off talking the about that. Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, like we talked about this a couple a couple episodes ago, like when uh, Thunder offered them like Perkins and Lamb for like Lopez, I was like, do it. Like Lamb is twenty two years. If you can get anyone under twenty three, like that's a like that's or like under twenty four, that's a win. Yeah, but for then you. you get those games where like Lopez won them a game in Sacramento, and you're like, ah, and you just don't know what but, to like, do. Okay, but you don't have a future. Like that, he's not your future. He's like all right, but neither is Jeremy Lamb. But who knows? Like I'm saying, he's he's young. Like when nah, you have a young right. guy, like who knows? Who they're, knows? See, that's the thing. Like they just have nothing. To, right. No good moves. That's to the make. whole point. And and they're, it's like, do you hear what Lionel Holland said yesterday? He was a, he could be fired by the he way. He had a terrible, terrible quote the other day. What he said yesterday. He was. I don't know. I don't want to quote it exactly because it was kind of bad. He was like, when things are going bad in life, you know, some people quit, some people kill themselves. That's not what we want to do. Like it was just very off color, very odd. And he's just not. He's he does say bad, some interesting. He's in a things. bad spot. That team's yeah. in a really bad spot. I don't really like. That was a that was a headline in the New York Post. That I'm I'm looking up right now. Lionel Hollins makes horrific. It was bad. Yeah. And it was just horrific like, suicide analogy. It was a very. In terms of analogies, it was about as bad as the Nets are in the NBA. There's do, an analogy. Do you for change you. your? This is what he said. Do you change your approach when life doesn't go the way you want it? There's some people that change their approach. They go kill themselves. Yeah. Uh, Hollins said Thursday in East Rutherford. But we're trying to compete and play. I'm not trying to equate basketball with death, life and death. But still, there's adversity and you have to fight through it. Don't that's think bad. that's the same. Don't say that, Lionel. Don't they're get still, fired. They're still getting checks. They're still going home and 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 living like just breathing air. Like it's the things get worse and worse for the Nets by the day. And the sad thing is they're still in the playoffs. I believe. You know, what? I was talking to um, Larry Hardesty actually, who um, 98.7 um, ESPN guy for basketball in the offseason because he's the Jets guy. 
Um, we were walking back um, to the tr- to Grand Central the other night after a Knicks game, and like Carmelo's all over the subways, like all over the subway cars. They have the stairs up to um, to where you go to the train, like the actual train terminal, um, and uh, and there's like you know faces like Duran and Wall and like Westbrook and and then there's this like I was tiny like, there's I this tiny little the other day, there's this tiny that. little support beam. With Joe Johnson's face on it, and that is absolutely it. That is it for Joe Johnson. Like Melo's everywhere. All right, well that's and then what just it should Joe be. Johnson's got this little beam. I that's what it should be. That's fine. It's like that guy could be like he could be traded, you know, before the All Star game. He and could he be comes traded off the beam during the All Star game. Like I want to see that happen. I want to see Joe Johnson get get traded during the All Star. I would game. like to see the Nets blow it up, but I, it's not going to yeah. happen. They're just they're just too. I think yeah. they, I think they really. That's need the weird to, thing. Though. They're At too. They're like too picky about. Well, now Darren you know? Williams has basically no value because he's been injured and he's been on yeah. and off the court. He's just not a guy you want to trade for. They almost got rid of him to Sacramento, but even that deal would have been horrible. This is just—it's a sad situation. It's a car going off a cliff, guys. They got—they got, yeah. got no—they got no leverage. That's, That's why when you give up all your picks and yeah. you have no young guys, you have absolutely no leverage. Like even the Knicks and it and like it, we we laugh now because. Well, Jr. is playing the same way on the Cavaliers that he is on the Knicks. It's just better than he was on the Knicks. Like, so let's just let's caught. just be the stats are exactly the same per thirty six minutes. Chris Herring tweeted out the other day, but the fact is, like, to get rid of Jr. and his contract, which isn't the best contract, you had to throw in Shumpert. But like the Knicks have like like Shumpert has some value. Like you can throw in a guy like that if you're not familiar enough. Like with how basketball dealings go, the Nets have no one that they can say, "Okay, yeah, like we'll give you this asset just so you can take this big contract." It's basically, they can't trade Joe Johnson because people are like, "Well, if like I, we're just gonna get, you know, we don't want to, we'll give you um exactly like what the what the Thunder did." Okay, Perkins. Yeah, and, you can low you can low ball. That's like, part, part of the like that's the biggest problem is they the money they can't even get to match. And the only asset they have, the one thing they have is Mason Plumley, and they refuse to even consider doing uh, they that. They should which I, is probably a good move. He's part of your future. As Kenny says, you need future pieces and yeah. he's the only one on the damn team. And there was but, a little discord at the beginning of the year with him and and Holland. So Ah, uh, they're fine. They're I fine. They're I fine really now, think that I remember Holland's, that. I really think that Holland's could be done by the end of the year. By the before midseason, no, he's not going to get fired midseason. He'll get fired. Why not? Because is it four years yet? There's nothing on his deal. There's no reason to do that. I mean, there's there's there have been reports that that's possible. It would have to be because not because of poor performance. It would have to be because of poor like judgment, like telling people that that terrible analogy. You you signed a guy who's proven, and you can't give him half a year. That's that would be a terrible mistake, and just further the Nets dysfunctionality. It's just sad. I don't know. Just my take, Kev. Hit the music. Hit the music. You mean uh, you mean this music? That's right. Time for picks. We have pick music now. Um, tonight, nine games on tap. The Wolves and the Sixers uh, in Philadelphia, and the Sixers. This is a big game for the getting, Knicks. Getting four and a half right now. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, who are you taking, Matt? The Sixers. I'm taking the Sixers too. Unbelievable. Got the Wolves. I got I got Gorgie Jang. Dominating Levine, on both ends of Levine. the floor, and they'll win by more than four and a half. Okay, Levine I want had a great game, by the way. Yeah, one of his best game, probably his best game of his NBA career. Yeah, he, he did. But I, I, I don't know. I like, I like Jang. I, I like him down low against kind of a depleted. And also, by the way, you talk about Levine going well or doing well. How about Thad Young playing well too? Trailblazers at Hawks. This is a great game. 7.30 in Atlanta. The Hawks are favored by 6.5. I'm going to take the Blazers to cover. I got the Hawks. Give me 18. 
You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think this might be the night the Hawks lose. I'm taking the Blazers to at least cover. They'll, 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 I think they'll cover that. I think it's going to be a four-point win for the Hawks. I think the Hawks will be a five-point win. Raptors at net 730. Nets. Uh, in uh, Brooklyn. Are you going to this game? No, I'm not there. No, I'm there. Uh, He's there. <laughs> Lord, it's going to just be all. Lord help your soul. The Nets are getting uh, seven points, and I say that they cover. I think they do, too. They lose, but they lose close because they – you know, they'll show up on occasion and scare you. No, no. It's going to be the Raptors. I'm confident they're going to be behind by at least 15 by the time we're going into the fourth. Okay, Rockets at Celtics, 730 uh, in Boston. And the Celtics are getting a six and a half, Matt. Rockets. Harden and Howard, and they're, they're a good team. The Boston is not. Yeah, Howard's got some injuries, but I think uh, I think it's going to be the Rockets. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take the Rockets. Uh, Kings, Cavs, 7.30 in Cleveland. The Cavs are seven-point favorites. Boogie just into the all-star team. Um, uh, uh, I'll take the Cavs. I, I I think they'll win by more than seven. Cavs are hot, but Boogie just made the all-star team. Cavs lose to the Kings. Kings win wow. straight up. I'm, wow. I'm going to have to take the Cavs in this one like you, Kenny. All right, Clips at Pelly's uh, in New Orleans at 8. The Pellies are uh, getting six. I think they, um, I don't know. What do you think, Kev? I'm taking the Pellies in this one, actually. I don't know. Maybe it's just a little bit of a uh, distaste for the Clippers. But I, I, for some reason, I feel like Davis is going to have a big night tonight. I'm going with the Pellies. I'm going with the Clippers. I, the Pellies just aren't a great team. You it's guys, just the brow and supporting cast. Eric, watch out for Eric Gordon. You guys know I love the Clippers, so I gotta stick with my clips. I gotta go with the Clippers. Did you pick them to win the championship this year? Before the season <laughs> Seven <started>? years running <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Mavs at Heat at eight, and the Heat are eight and a half point dogs. Give me some Raptor news. Give me the Mavs. Yeah, I got the Mavs too. I think the Mavs win this game. To be honest, I'm not on the Hassan White side. It's gonna be trade. a blowout, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Mavs and blow up. I, and I don't know why I just said give me some afternoons. Two more. Warriors, Jazz at 9 in Utah. Um, the Jazz are getting 10 from the Warriors. What do you say, Mr. Jazz? Oh, this is a tough one. They're going to cover? I, I don't think so. It's a sad day, but I'm definitely going with the Warriors on this one. Yeah, I think the Warriors are my 15. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Bulls, Suns. Great game. 10-30. Remember when I said last last time that the Sun like the, the Suns game is gonna be the game of the night? This again will be the game of the night, especially as the Bulls second night of a back to back. Jimmy, Jimmy Suns, Butler, Suns, Jimmy Dunler, I said Jimmy Jimmy Jutler, Jimmy Butler is gone. Uh, or I think he's questionable for this game because he remember he went down with that. He was yeah, he limping last day, night. Like Dokim Noah played like seventy two minutes last night. Pau Gasol also. So like this is gonna be a tired Bulls team. Rose was limping too. Eric Bledsoe going to exploit that. Markeith Morris is going to have a big night. And I say that the Suns, who are seven-point favorites in this game, don't cover. I think the Bulls cover. I think the Suns cover and win. In Phoenix, <laughs> they're, the Suns will win, though. In Phoenix, they're going to win. I love how you just changed your mind midway through. I'm gonna, <laughs> I didn't. I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna go with the Suns on this one. A lot of action on this game. It was a four-point line. Now it's a seven-point line. That who, is pretty cool. Because everyone's been the Suns. That I don't think the. I just have a feeling. I don't think the Suns are going to win by more than seven. All right. Well, before I'm just disappointed, I'm going to miss this. Before we wrap it up, Super Bowl pick for both of you. No, no discussion. Just name a team. Patriots. Hawks. Patriots. Hawks. All right. We'll see. I want. I'm a Jets fan. I want the Patriots to win this game. 
question. Are we going to count this game in our uh, yes. our picks? It counts. Oh, awesome. In our records? The big game. Oh, well, we got to look up at the spread, though. Uh, um, it's plus one. It's, it's plus, the Seahawks yeah. are are getting one point, so yeah. it's a basically a pick em. Okay. I'll yeah. go with the Hawks. Yeah. Just saying, though. By the way, Percy Harvin, if the Hawks That's win. That's enough. That's enough. He gets the Super Bowl bonus. And he's sitting on his couch watching the game. Does he really? That's I didn't gr- see that. Yeah. That's a great fact. It's a Super Bowl bonus. That's a great fact. It's good. You should listen to that. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to Mike Prada of SB Nation at Mike Prada SBN for joining us. That's Matt Rosenfeld. Go follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Rosenfeld. Yep. Kevin Kelly. He's on Facebook, can't, but can't you can't really me. you can't really yeah, do that. Not you're not. Uh, 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 yep. So. Bye, Kevin, I guess. And I'm Bye. You can follow Kevin's me. Kevin's gonna go live at, his private life. At <laughs> Kenny Ducey on Twitter, plus Kenny Ducey on Cyberdust. Don't get on Cyberdust. At WFB Sports on Twitter. Thanks so much. See you next week.